Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and welcome back to another episode of the Doodlecast. In today's episode, I am going to be going over something that I usually see floating around on Instagram and things like that in the artist community. It's traditional versus digital. Now I know the last couple episodes have definitely been more geared towards traditional art and pen to paper kind of things, but I am in the works of actually getting together with a local band. I'm in the works of getting together a lot of different people from different mediums. So everybody who is not the traditional kind of artist, cosplayers, uh, cosmetologist, whatever you happen to be, creative writers, hold tight. Those episodes are coming soon. Personally though, I just wanted to start out with the basics of what I know and most of what I know is more traditional art and just doodling and illustration. So that's why these first couple episodes have been more geared towards that because it's just my personal knowledge and as I'm gaining more followers and as I'm gaining more support, I'm gaining more resources for you guys. So I'm going to be able to get a wide variety of content out. But as for today's episode, I'm really excited because I've heard a lot of controversy between the two. I've heard a lot of comparisons. I've heard a lot of differences. And the one main reason why I'm making this episode is because I know that some people say that digital art is not the same as traditional in the sense of it's not art because you don't work as hard on it necessarily. And I am here to say, that that is 100% not true. In my experience with digital, it is just as difficult, if not more, than traditional. And I'm not gonna say if it is or not, because I mean, personally, I've done both, but I'm not trying to start a war. But <laughs> it's very difficult, especially depending on the program and depending on the person, because each person learns different. Each person has a different type of sensory reaction to different mediums. So it's different for each person, but I've always hated the fact that people say that digital is not considered art, even though it takes a lot of knowledge about your program, hand-eye coordination, and a lot of different skills than traditional, but very similar concepts. So I am here today to break these stigmas and to compare, contrast, just get a general feel for both of these mediums and see which one's right for you. Now, of course, I'm going to start off by saying in my background, I started with traditional and that's usually how most people do start is just pen and paper, things like that. Not everybody, but most of what I've heard from artists. And I did that for the longest time. For a bit, I ventured into digital when I was in middle school, I had a Wacom tablet and a old computer <laughs> and I tried and I did pretty well. I used a free program and I didn't do too bad, but I didn't have the computer knowledge that I do now. So it wasn't the best quality. Also with Wacom tablets, I have such bad hand-eye coordination. So looking at the screen and then moving on the tablet below me was so difficult because I like to be able to look at my hand and look at the page at the same time. So that was very distracting for me. I would say right now definitely my bias is towards digital, but that's just also because in my day-to-day -day life I am very busy, I'm trying to cultivate a career, so it's a lot easier to transport, it's a lot easier for me personally just to bring around than bringing around all of my markers and a sketchbook and things like that. 
Um, all throughout high school I did that though. I always had a giant set of markers in my sketchbook. I realized it was probably very obnoxious for most teachers and people, but eh, it helped me, so whatever. But <laughs> I used to do that for the longest time, but now that I am an adult and I have to do adult things, it is just more convenient for me. Also, it's a lot easier for me to post and it's just a lot easier for me to upload to Redbubble without having to take like high quality pictures of my traditional art because I don't have the equipment to take that high quality of pictures at the moment. So currently my bias is probably geared towards digital, though I do really enjoy using um, Posca pens. Um, I think I pronounced that right. <laughs> and I usually use those on canvas or I have a small sketchbook that I carry around with me and I'll usually doodle in pencil and then I'll go over that top of that with my markers. And I love the quality and the way that it just looks so clean. So I still do traditional, but my bias definitely is currently on digital. So keep that in mind while you're listening. But to start out with traditional, because that's where most people start, at first it is a huge, huge, huge variety of mediums to work with. There's pencils, markers, um, clay, charcoal, etc. There's a lot of different things to get your hands into, so that's always nice to have that wide variety. Though with that wide variety, you do end up cost-wise spending smaller amounts over a longer period of time more often, if that makes sense. So you do have to keep up with your markers if they dry out, or if you use up a sketchbook, you have to buy a new one. And that would happen more often than it would if you use digital, and I will explain that once we get to digital. But for those of you who are on more of a budget and can't really afford to buy something each week or buy something every other week, that may be a challenge. Though on the flip side with traditional, especially with paintings, if you are able to sell the original painting, that will go for a lot more than if you were to sell an original digital piece. Just because if you're like me, when you go to a museum, I tend to look very closely at the canvas and a lot of people think I'm very weird for that. But I like looking and seeing the individual brush strokes and seeing the individual process and almost figuring it out like a puzzle because you can see those little details or maybe like a thumbprint that they left in there or you know a little part that they just messed up but it actually looks perfect and it looks like it was purposeful but you can't really tell unless if you really take a close look and I really appreciate details like that and usually you can only find those details in original pieces of artwork. But if you want to make mass copies of that piece as well, you are going to need access to some sort of printing company or you're going to need to have some sort of knowledge of printmaking. Otherwise, it's pretty difficult just because you have to take the high quality pictures like I was talking about and then find a website that you can do it through. And even then, you don't necessarily have control over what the final product will look like. So that can be a little bit difficult. Though the one thing that I do find unique about traditional art and buying from artists to do traditional artwork like sculpting earrings or things like that is that no two things look the same. And some may see that as a downside in some cases, but in the case of earrings or unique pieces of clothing or little things like that, I feel like it makes it special just because 
nobody else has that exact same pair of earrings. Nobody else will have that exact same jacket or whatever you have because there's always going to be a little difference between what that one was and then what the next copy of it was. Maybe the eyes are bigger or maybe it, there's a finger missing or something weird like that. But I love those little details. It makes what you have so unique. And even if it wasn't meant to be like that, it just makes it feel more special in my opinion. And in terms of portability, if you use markers or if you use clay, it's not exactly going to be the best thing to do. But like I was saying with my Posca markers, I usually just carry around a small little sketchbook wherever I go and a pencil. And that's all you really need to practice, just the basics. So it can be portable if you're okay with downsizing, but if you're like me and to really finish something, you need 7,000 different markers or you need very large objects to <laughs> help make it, then it is gonna be a little bit more difficult. Now, as for digital, there is still a variety of options, but in a different sense. You can still draw with charcoal and you can still actually sculpt and things like that, but it's more of a variety of programs than it is a variety of actual tools, if that makes sense. For example, a lot of video games use 3D modeling and that comes from 3D sculpting, or there's animation software, or there's just plain old drawing softwares, a lot of different things you can do. But cost-wise is where things get tricky. If you are someone who can afford or would rather spend a large sum of money once a year than spending little sums of money throughout the year, I would say digital is definitely your best option. I got my iPad actually as a gift, so I got very lucky in that. And then Procreate was a relatively cheap option. I believe it was only $9 on the app store and it already comes with a large variety of bases and things like that and there's even different brush packs that you can download and people make brush packs. You can also make your own brushes as well. Or with computers, you will need a higher quality computer and a lot of storage. That also goes with Procreate as well. I highly suggest having a large flash drive so that way you're not hogging up all the storage on your tablet or on your computer because it can get to a lot if you're like me and you like to crank out drawings. I didn't realize it until three months in. I was practicing and I was sending all my pictures and I was saving them and then my iPad was all of a sudden out of storage even though I'd only had it for three months and I looked and it was just all of the drawings that I'd been exporting, all of the little work in progress videos I've been taking and stuff. So that can get pretty hefty. Now, like I mentioned before, not all programs that are of quality are really expensive. There are some really good free ones out there. I highly suggest checking out GIMP. Yes, that sounds weird. No, it is not that. Just look up GIMP art program. Don't look up GIMP alone if you are a young child, please. Just look up GIMP art program because I made that mistake when I was barely 14 and that was a mistake that was very interesting for me. But regardless, it was a program that was actually made by some college students and I was introduced to it by Amy from Peebles or I believe her Instagram and Twitter is Iced Dork Roast, but it's, she's also Markiplier's girlfriend and she did drawing for a good bit. So she uploaded a couple different videos from that. 
it was either her or it was Wishu because she also did art as well. She was an artist and also an ex-girlfriend of Jacksepticeye's. So it was one of those two. I believe it was Peebles though, if I'm correct. But I also watched a lot of different tutorials with Wishu as well, so that's why I probably got them mixed up. <laughs> As far as things in the ways of animation programs and 3D sculpting programs go, I have not found any that are free personally. But I'm also not really actively looking, so if you guys do end up finding some, please let me know and I would love to get those out so that way I can offer up more free starters because I know that for us artists, sometimes money can be tight. <laughs> On the downside though, unless if you use a tablet like I do, Transportation can actually be super difficult because I doubt you can just bring around a computer and a whole screen or whatever you have in your backpack and just plop it down wherever. But if you do want to have portable digital art, I highly suggest using some sort of iPad or tablet um, and just like a handheld tablet and that will be super easy. I forgot what kind of iPad mine is but it's the one that works with the first generation Apple Pencil. I am not bougie enough to get one that has second generation, but eventually I'll get there. <laughs> but in the case of pencils that are compatible with the iPad or the tablet you have, each brand will probably have their own. I mean, obviously, like I've said, I use Apple and they have their own, or you can go to Five Below or the dollar store or Target or wherever your local store is. And you could always get those pens that have the little squishy ball in the end and use that as a starter. Though I personally suggest just going for it and using the pencil just because it was a lot easier starting out with that and the sensitivity on it and the brush strokes are a lot neater and cleaner because they're able to control the width with the sensitivity. So I would personally suggest going for the pencil and skipping the nub, but if you are kind of hesitant and you're still getting into digital drawing, then go for it. If that's what you need, that's what you need. And like I was saying earlier, it's definitely a lot easier to transfer your digital art to the internet just because it's already digital. So for me, that saves a lot of time. <laughs> Now, for both of these programs, in the real world, for artistic jobs, most likely you're going to need to have skills with both, or at least some sort of proficiency with one and some knowledge of the other. That's just what I've found in general. Because no matter if it is just clothing, or if it's animation, or if it's 3D sculpting, or if it's 2D drawing, you're going to need to go through phases with your artwork and some of those phases are going to need to be digital so that way you can send it to others or some of those phases are going to need to be traditional because you need to actually see it in front of you and feel it. So I would highly suggest rather you prefer one or the other just giving yourself a go at either or because that knowledge can take you so far even if you don't end up doing art just having the computer knowledge or having the knowledge of being able to do a quick sketch of something that you want is very useful. With digital specifically though, I highly recommend taking classes on computers and computer software in general, just so that way you can get an idea of what you're working with. That's the main reason why the first time I did digital drawing, I didn't really do so well at it. And in high school, I actually took a, I believe a computer design class or something of that nature. And I learned a lot, though the teacher quit after two years because she wasn't the 
best, I still learned a good bit and it was nice to be able to have that experience even if it was kind of weird. <laughs> and obviously there are always tutorials online, books, things like that, so classes and education aren't hard to find. Now, I will say when I was trying to think of similarities between the two, it was very hard for me to think of similarities just because these two, though the outcome can be similar, it is very different. It's a very different feel for me personally, just because with digital, I find myself being able to easily delete things, though with traditional, you really have to work with the mistakes that you made or you have to have a really, really, really good eraser. <laughs> But either or, you do have to have a good skill set and you do have to spend a lot of time and practice on it. It doesn't come right away and it may seem like the easiest thing when you're looking at a time lapse, but let me tell you, if you slow down the time lapse, you will see the times where they struggle or the times where they just can't draw the hands or the times where I just personally can't get the other eye the same, so I give up and copy paste the sketch over to the other side. I'll admit, I even do that sometimes and it's okay. And just in general, the different routines you have to get into with both forms is extremely unique compared to the other and it's like when i find myself drawing traditionally i'll occasionally go to tap the undo button and obviously there is no undo button in real life or when i first got my ipad i would use the apple pencil and then i'd go to erase it with the back of the apple pencil and almost scratch my ipad screen which made me want to cry and it's so similar yet so different it's very hard for me to describe it but general similarities are very hard to find unless if you are looking very very deep into it though there are so many benefits of using them together like personally when i started out i actually would sketch out the drawing on a piece of paper take a picture of it and then i'd do the line art on top of that and transfer it in because for a while I found it pretty hard to sketch out what I wanted onto the digital just because I didn't realize you could tweak the brushes. And I like sketching with very loose lines, very flowy lines. So when the iPad would correct it, it would make me very frustrated. <laughs> also, the more medias that you are proficient in, the more variety you can give to your followers, the more variety you can sell, the more variety you have in ways of jobs. And that can be extremely beneficial to anyone because more is always more. More may not be better, but more is more. <laughs> and like I said before, most jobs want you to be specialized in one media, but have general knowledge of other kinds, or just be able to be multifaceted and well-rounded in your talents. So the more variety you can give and the more variety you can show in your portfolio, the more unique you will look. Though, while you're learning about one or the other or transitioning between one or the other, make sure you practice both and make sure you keep your skills because practice is practice, first of all. Second of all, it can help your overall artistic abilities and it can just be good practice. Especially if you are better at drawing hands on paper but you suck at it on digital. If you practice it on paper more and more, then eventually once you get super, super comfortable, you can transition and you can start practicing those same techniques. Now, either way, rather if you start with digital or if you start with traditional, just make sure to remember that it takes time and it takes a lot of practice. So no matter which one you choose, rather it's traditional or digital, 
neither of them mean that you're going to automatically be perfect. You may naturally be better at one than the other to start out with, but you still need to practice and it's still going to take you a good bit to feel truly comfortable and feel like your art style is starting to pick up. I know that from personal experience. Because when I first started digital after doing traditional for so long, I thought it would be easy as hell and that I'd immediately get a thousand and seven million three hundred billion gazillion whatever blah 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 followers. But like I said in the first episode, most people were scared of my drawings because they looked so wobbly and intensely staring and I don't blame them. I had no idea what I was doing and everything looked very blurry, everything looked very unprofessional and not clean. And that wasn't necessarily my fault or a bad thing, it just was, I wasn't used to the different skill set of one versus the other, and I just needed to improve. So even after all those years of practicing traditional, I still had more to learn, and I still have more to learn in both facets. I don't think I will ever stop learning about drawing, and I will ever stop learning about technology and ways I can improve my art through means of traditional or digital. Now, like I said before, my personal preferences are Procreate when it comes to digital, but when it comes to traditional, I actually personally really like Posca, but when it comes to markers, the first markers that I actually used and felt comfortable with were Sharpie, and I used marker-based sketchbooks. I actually have one of my old marker sketchbooks with me, and the brand was called Be Creative, B as in B-E-E, -E, like the insects, and that's actually what drew me to it originally, because I have an obsession with bees. I love bees. So, I didn't even like this sketchbook to begin with because of any sort of quality reason. I just liked it because it said the word bee on it. But it has a plain black um, cover, and it is specifically for marker, but eventually I fell in love with it for the quality, not just the fact that it had a bee pun in it. And the markers are super great to work with these, especially if you use Posca and Sharpies. It doesn't bleed through onto the other page though. I always suggest having a page underneath it just in case of anything. And I couldn't really use double pages to make a big one, but I did like how I could rip it out because it had the ringed sides on it. And in general, it was an amazing buddy for me for like four years. These sketchbooks will always hold a place in my heart. <laughs> Though the main downside is I never found this type of sketchbook in any other size other than this sort of like regular book size. I don't know the dimensions of it, but I'd say it's a little bit smaller than an iPad screen. And personally, that worked well for me, especially in high school, because I was able to fit it in my backpack and it didn't take too much space but I highly suggest that for anybody who uses markers out there. For other mediums with traditional, I used Canson for um, pencil and colored pencil when I used colored pencils for a bit. I forgot the brand I used. It's a very popular brand. I will not remember it and I'll probably remember the brand once I finish recording, but I feel like most people know what I'm talking about. It's on the tip of my tongue. I am so furious. <laughs> But in general, Canson is a very good brand of sketchbook, and you can find these kinds of sketchbooks and markers at Michael's very easily, or any sort of craft store, Joann's, whatever you have locally. For the brand of sketchbook I'm using right now, my mini sketchbook, it's extremely tiny. It's chubby and a little cute square. It's actually shorter than my iPhone, and I have an iPhone, I have no idea actually now that I think about it. I think X, and then it's 
fatter than it though. So it's tiny and cute, but it's an Ilio sketchbook. And these are fantastic with Posca markers. They don't bleed through. They don't even show through. I actually just did a cute little drawing with some cherries and I was able to do the whole little section. But these sketchbooks are so tiny and so cute and they're perfect for on the go. So again, highly suggest these. I've never been able to find them at any sort of craft store, but I usually get my sketchbooks offline. So I was able to get this on Amazon actually. And that's also where I get most of my Posca markers. Again, in my little tiny town, there are no stores that sell Posca, even my Michaels. And if they do, I feel like they probably run out as soon as they get them. So probably Amazon will be your best bet for that. Now, of course, we do have the mother of all markers, which is Copic. And those markers are extremely expensive. I will say that right off the bat, it is like $7 per marker, but I will be honest when I say that it's worth it. It is so worth it. They are so nice. But for those of you who want Posca or Copic quality, but you can't necessarily afford it, paint pens or knockoffs work just as well. There is a brand of knockoffs at Michael's that I used for a little bit when I was tied on cash. The brand I used was called Artist Loft. I believe that's just the Michaels brand. And I'd say that they were about the same quality. I mean, obviously not as well kept. Um, sometimes the tips and the nubs would get a little fuzzy and I would notice a bit more bleeding than I will with the Copics. But other than that, I'd say that they were pretty good quality. Now, as far as digital goes, personally, I am very biased towards Apple products. So that's what I use, but like I said, Wacom is a very good brand of tablets. I've also heard of Cintiq, I believe. I'm not sure if that is a sub category of Wacom or not. I could be mistaken, but another type of tablet I've heard of is that. And both of those, again, are very good quality. Um, only thing is I would say I prefer my Apple Pencil to the Wacom Pencil that I used on the board, just because my Apple Pencil applies more smoothly to the screen and I liked that a lot but with my Wacom I always felt like I was scratching the screen a little bit but that's just me because I also press really hard and I know I'm hard on my supplies but my rambles aside I hope today I was able to give you guys a little bit of an idea of your adventure into traditional and digital drawing Find me on all of my socials at boo.doodles or boo.doodleart and let me know which one you use. Do you use traditional, digital, a mixture of both? Or if you prefer a different kind, let me know. I appreciate all the support that I've gotten on this podcast so far. It's honestly blown my mind how fast this podcast has blown up. So thank you guys so much for supporting this little dream of mine. I really enjoy making these episodes for you guys, so stay tuned and let me know if you have any sort of specific episodes you want to hear and I will happily get those out for you guys. I've already gotten a couple of different suggestions that are in the works, so I am very excited to get you guys those. But for now, so that way I don't spoil any possible surprises, I am going to sign off for now. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Doodlecast and I will see you in the next episode. Doodle on!